You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm, a live episode on May the 13th, Thursday the 13th, uh, that's almost scary, Dave. It, it is, it is, it's almost as scary as how uh, how fast time flies. Uh, I know, it's you know amazing, what? That's May. because we get to do this show and time flies when you're having fun. I know, uh, theoretically, my clock says we still have 55 minutes, but I know it's going to feel more like uh, 15 and at the end oh of the yeah, show, man! It's going to be a fun show today. Although I got to tell you, I'm uh, I, I heard the segment that you and Brasco did uh, coming into coming into the show about um, Af- uh oh wow, Afcon 2010, Denver. Wow, it's been only six weeks or eight weeks, and my mind forgets so fast. You know, another great reason for uh, for me at any rate to go to Afcon 2010 in Denver. Um, I'm going to be speaking there, eh? But this is the very first large-scale uh, conference I'm going to have gone to where Webmaster Radio is at, where I won't have any official duties. I'll be able to, like, you know, uh, do what I normally do at conferences uh, and and actually relax doing it. What a crazy, crazy thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am so looking forward to it, and it is going to be a great conference. Um, it's the, it's the up-and-comer in the affiliate marketing world, and affiliate marketing is seriously the up-and-comer in the web marketing world right now. Um, it's always been there. It's always been strong, and with the re- recession, um, it's only getting stronger and stronger and stronger as people start seeing that as an employment opportunity. Eh? You know, I, I have always had a, uh, you know, I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for, for affiliate marketing. Uh, I do do affiliate marketing, and, and in fact, uh, with with a hundred dollar AdSense credit, I got uh, my eldest has has asked me, and we're doing a training session this weekend. 
uh, to get to get my twelve year old up and up and running. Uh, we so just need to figure is, out what affiliate marketing he's game. gonna he's gonna you, do. He knows he wants video games. We just need to figure out how to make money on that for him. <laughs> and then he has a hundred dollar uh, AdWords or ad uh, yeah AdWords credit. So. This is, the, um, this is the kid who was the Pokemon King at one time, huh? Yeah, that's right. And he's, uh, it's actually his AdSense that, I mean, Google sent out a credit going, hey, and promote your site too. And it was it's legitimate. It's his $100 because it was his um, AdSense account that, uh, you know, that that was sent for. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's still making money working on it, but Pokemon's kind of on the decline. His interest's kind of on the decline on that one. So, um, you know, he wants to do, like, a full-on video game review, and I don't know, we just need to figure out what phrases to go after and, and how to how to turn that into some money for them. So, um, and you know, affiliate marketing is is great. You know, you, apparently you can be a twelve year old kid and, and make it. You know, of course the check's got to go through me and blah blah blah. But um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity. And, and you know, as long as you got the time and the inclination, you attend uh, conferences like AppCon, uh, get the information you need to, to turn this thing into revenue. Um, well, you know, the yeah. nice thing about the Pokemon site, and yeah, you got to admit this, Dave. Like, it's it's something that at least my mom couldn't have said. I'm can't not sure about yours, but my mom couldn't. At least it's not porn. You know, he's <laughs> making money on the web at at a young age, and he's doing it well. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and then my hope is that continues as he turns seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, and you know, sticks to sticks to those kind of sites. But of course, you know, he'll he'll never look at anything like that online. I'm I'm quite sure because he's just such a good boy. This is my denial, and I don't want you to break it. So let's <laughs> just move on. Okay. Well, I, I do remember that conversation I had to have with my mom years and years and years and years ago, where she asked what I did for a living, and I was like, "Well, you know, I work on the web, mom. <laughs> I'm writing a book." <laughs> um, I remember that. Book. Uh, for those that remember the book. Um... <laughs> for some reason, they never asked me to come on the lecture tour about it. Well, anyway, moving right along, uh, that was a little interlude into some very, very th things that should be remain private. And, uh, you know, this being the age of giving away all your information for absolutely free, why don't we talk yeah. a little bit about privacy and uh, Facebook and uh, how to fall flat on your face while trying to rule the world? Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, and you know, at the same time, I think we can bridge over to uh, a company that's that's kind of done it a little uh, better, uh, and that would be uh, would be Google. Now you've had your problems with them, fair enough. I just like to bring them up to go. We're going to be hearing about them during this conversation, but they've survived it without the black eye. Um, the Facebook really has because we keep bringing up Facebook, and Google's done a lot of the same. Problems. <laughs> there's there's some major holes going in there. One of which one of my staff uh, uh, found as well with uh, with their Gmail system, and um, so we'll be chatting about that. But let's start with Facebook Absolutely. and uh, head right in. Well, um, as everyone who works the web, especially in the uh, search and social marketing spheres, knows, Facebook is. Um, well, Facebook has a little bit of an egg on its face over the last couple of weeks, stemming from changes to uh, its information sharing policies, which direct impact on individuals' privacy. And, uh, did you, you know, Facebook's newest version of its privacy policy is actually longer than the U.S. Constitution minus amendments. <laughs> I mean, talk about corporate governance here. 
Um, yeah. And let me tell you, if people are worried about big government, you should be always look at like you know the privacy policies of large corporations. If they're larger than the policy that actually runs your government, really, who do you think you got to worry about? Um, <laughs> so Facebook has decided that your information is their information, is everyone's information, and you can make a whole whack load of money selling people's information, or at least making it available to you know application developers and advertisers, etc. And, um, well, let's face it, who wouldn't do it? I mean, like, really, the little devil on my shoulder is saying, dude, come on, you do it too. Well, the little angel on my shoulder is saying, yeah, but you got to consider individuals' right to privacy. So Facebook went off and, well, did it, what I think any one of us probably would have done, being free, air-breathing capitalists, and, um, which, incidentally, I, I am. Um, and, uh... They offended um, a whole swack load, a growing swack load of their users. Mm -hmm. So much so that the New York Times called them on the carpet yesterday to answer readers' questions. Um, I guess last week they asked readers to submit a bunch of questions that they put to uh, Facebook's vice president of public policy, um, Elliot Schrange, and... Uh, I guess uh, about 300 people left printable questions, um, and Facebook answered them. And they all come down to one thing. Why is Facebook in its growth stage moving so quickly and not paying attention to legitimate concerns that come up again and again and again? So the New York Times printed like about a dozen questions and answers, and again, they all come back to Facebook growing so rapidly, but not paying a lot of attention to user privacy. How, how do you see this playing through, Dave? Well, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of, and it's an important issue, this, this privacy issue, of course, we all know this. Um, and you and I have kind of touched on it in the past. And we have to debate, and I mean, I, I'm going to get back to my, my same point that I always do, is with all this time, that we're spending, and I'm going to be the devil's advocate here, with all the time that we're spending looking up, asking questions, concerning ourselves with Facebook's privacy policies and this and that, if we took that same energy that we're putting into complaining about these concerns, talking about it on the radio, talking about it in our blogs, and just took that split second it would take to figure out what we want in the world and what we, or, and, and what we would really like to remain private, Maybe our time would be better spent there. I mean, I, I, I do always get down, and I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty strong capitalist on this one, um, is personal responsibility versus corporate responsibility. I assume corporations aren't going to protect me. This is my, my going. <laughs> Some of them do, but I'm going to assume they won't. And if I assume they won't, I'm never going to give them anything that can hurt me. Right, is, is, is that I look through my Facebook profile and I go, yep, I don't, I don't care who knows that I like Orson Scott Card. They might think I'm a little bit of a nerd, but you know what? I'm an SEO, right? I, I also play Bioshock too, right? I'm a geek, right? That's just that. And that's okay. I don't mind the world knowing that. You can assume it from what I do for a living. But um, would I give any personal information? You know, do I care if people know that I went to Crean Wilson Secondary School? No, don't care. So it's in there. But do I care that they know about certain personal details of my life that I'm not, you know, I would note them on the radio and I won't note them there? Well, of course, uh -huh. of, course I, of course I do. So I don't put it in there. <laughs> and, and you get into that personal responsibility to protect yourself. 
well, the, as, as opposed onus, to relying on corporations and privacy policies to do it for you. Well, yeah, indeed. The onus always has to be on the individual to, uh, to protect themselves, to, you know, to take measures to be, you know, we have to be our own consumer advocates in, in this day and age. And I guess we always had to be. In any day and age, one has to be their own consumer advocate. But, you know, a lot we of people now, are into where Facebook. Where I do get into an exception to this rule, and it's where I, I sort of leave my, um, you know, staunch, you know, sort of capitalism on the subject and do head more towards the, I guess, libertarian uh, perspective of things um, and head more towards the you don't have a right is when we get into issues where I can't reasonably know. Um, or, or that the, you know, I can because I'm an SEO who watches and knows what toolbars are and knows this and that. But, you know, my dad needs to be reasonably protected from himself. Now, when I enter information into Facebook, I know this is public. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts. This is meant to be seen. Maybe I think it's just by my friends, but I know Facebook is storing it. But where I do see exception is when we get into cases like Google or, or really any toolbar manufacturer, basically people who are tracking what I'm doing beyond where I obviously know it. When I'm doing a search on Google, I know Google can see it and I know they're storing data, right? Okay, fair enough. So now this is my responsibility to protect myself. But if I have a Google toolbar installed by, you know, Dell when they sent me my computer or a Yahoo toolbar or whatever, um, you know, installed on my computer and I'm running searches and they're, you know, able to track it. That's where I do start to have privacy concerns and where I think the laws need to protect us, where I can't, the average person can't reasonably know. I know when I get my machine, I wipe everything off and get back to the bare bones, but most people don't, and, and they can't reasonably know that they're being tracked, you know, past what, what they what they should think they can do. When you're on a search engine, they can track you. When you're just visiting a website, they can track you, but... You, you need to be protected from what they can do with that information because you're not inviting them to track you. So, well, well, well David, as you know, I'm a, I am a big proponent of personal responsibility, but at the same time, as to, to radiate, radiate what you said, responsibility is entirely reliant on knowledge. And if one doesn't know the environment, they can't be responsible within that environment. Right. That's why the vast majority of people should just stay in the damn cities. Trust me, I've seen what you do to the forest. It sucks. Anyway, I, 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 I digress. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing in the web environment or in the Facebook environment, and you don't know the, you know, the weather patterns, the climate, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't be there, except that it's Facebook. And, you know, in Canada, 80% of people who are working on the Internet have Facebook posts, or who, who, who spend time on the internet, 80%, four-fifths, have Facebook profiles. And you know what, Dave? That's more what? than half the population of this country. <laughs> Facebook in Canada is, uh, of all the countries in the world, um, Canadians, based on nationality, have the greatest degree of, of you know, Facebook usage. Um, Good for and us. a lot of them, so we got four-fifths of Canadians. On, who are who are internet active have Facebook accounts? I would suggest that ninety five percent of them haven't the foggiest about what happens to the information they put up there. And you want to know something? The truth is, I've read the t- terms of service, and I read a lot. I'm not going to say I read everything, but I read a lot about uh, you know what's happening on the internet, 
And I can tell you the truth. I don't know what's happening with all my information. It's so convoluted now. Yeah, well, indeed, indeed. But it, it does come down to me, again, to a little bit of would I, you know, take my bank statement and my visa statement and, you know, a copy of, of my SIN card, that, you know, my, my, my social insurance um, number, um, that I that I needed to you know scan to send to my health provider or something like that, and when I bundle this all up and then just toss it in the trash or or, or leave it out on my front porch for you know uh, an identity thief to to go and collect or or whatnot. No, I wouldn't. And I think that's where people are bridging into this belief that the internet is somehow this vast vacuum, and I can put this out there and only good things are are going to happen. But I don't know how many times we need to watch, and, and that the general public needs to, to watch 2020 or watch, you know, whatever, all, all these news shows about identity theft on the internet and these scams by email and this and that, um, before people clue in that the internet's actually less secure than the real world, you're probably actually better leaving your visa statement and, and eight pieces of identification from your driver's license just sitting on your front porch. You're probably safer doing that than putting it on, on the internet because the internet, anybody can get it. Anybody, <laughs> right? Whereas when, when it's on your front porch, you know, you've probably got a 50-50 odds that somebody decent will find it and give it back and, or, or somebody will take it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you, you hit that and, and you hit this, this kind of personal responsibility part. At the end of the day, you know, it's a lot to me like our, our net neutrality discussion where um, the, 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 if there are abuses, if Facebook is abusing it, if Gmail, you know, I mean, we all know the backlash that's happened the, the couple times that, you know, something's gone amiss at, at Google and somebody's gotten access to information they shouldn't or, or any other large company. When that happens, trust weakens and the companies fall. Well, not, you know, totally fall, but they, they, they get a black eye. Happens enough times, they will fall. So well, the capitalist and, and, yeah, I mean, system like, and, at, and just the use of system will kind of work beacon. itself out. What do you mean? And I mean, like, you're right. Companies' trust levels do fall. Look at the retreat that Facebook had to go through with Beacon. Yeah. Why did they have well, to? And I think, Similar oh, privacy concerns. Well, and I mean, you know, it may take the, you, you know, sometimes they're just trying to skate under and, and, and get these things. But I also view privacy policies, which is funny. We read them and go, oh, my God, they want to, you know, do this, this, and this. Um, at the same time, I do view some cases of privacy policies a little bit like patents in, in a weird way. Um, like, I know when Google's filing for patents, and, you know, I've got some, and I, you know, I read them, you know, regularly and this and that. Um, and I view privacy policies the same, where in a lot of cases, I think it's a case that they're protecting themselves from anything they may conceivably do now or within the next 10 years. They may not even do any of this stuff. They may not do this. They may not do that. It's us as consumers that need to watch what they do with our data. Um, Facebook, do I think they're going... I, I'm more concerned, I'll be honest, not with what Facebook is going to directly do with my information or Google's going to directly do with my information. I'm more personally concerned with what somebody else could do if they hack in, right? Like how, I don't worry about Facebook, so maybe this is naive of me, I don't worry particularly about Facebook misusing my information and, and, and giving it away to, to a third party, I, I wouldn't like to have it. Not so secure am I in that that I would give them something I don't want them to have, but I, I don't think that's the big threat. The big threat, I think, is, you know, we've seen, you know, hackers from China, you know, nailing into into to systems and getting through. Um, and collecting that information. That's the bigger risk to me from my privacy, and that's nothing they can do with their privacy policies that can stop that because it's a, you know, it's an accident. Um, I mean, an accident on their end. They didn't mean for it to happen. So I think the biggest threat is something that 
privacy policies are irrelevant. There's still a privacy concern, a bigger privacy concern, um, but it's nothing that the privacy policies themselves um, can affect. Okay, here, here's where, where I'm very much inclined to disagree with you. And then, again, this, this might well stem back to the, the tone of our net neutrality debates. Um, like you, I do not trust corporations to look out for my best interests. I trust them to make money and do their very best in doing that. And hopefully, in the process of trying to make money, they're going to create a product that I love and have to give them money for. And I'm all good with that. You know, I'm, I'm believe me, I'm for the right uh, for private corporations to make money, being one myself. Um, however, I'm also very interested in corporate responsibility, and corporations do have responsibility, even if the social and political tone of our time suggests that they don't. For instance, I think the vast majority of listeners will agree that BP is responsible for the mess that's happening in the Gulf. And boy, am I glad I don't live in Florida right now, because I would be off the hook, even more angry than I already am at BP. So BP has a responsibility for a disaster they've created. They could have, using technology that was readily available to them, either prevented or mitigated that disaster. Can we not say the same thing about the flood of personal data being just sold by Facebook. And this is where Facebook's a little bit different than Google. Google isn't selling your data. No, that's true. They may make anything widely available online, and you know they may rip off artists through Google Books and you know give back like totally pricey uh, remuneration, but they're not selling your information. Facebook, on the other hand, they are. They're making money off your info. Now, Facebook may be in for trouble, but uh, beyond the information and privacy front, you know that uh, the maker of, uh, of uh, several Facebook games like Farmville or um, Mafia Wars is Zanga. And Zanga's mm-hmm. really pissed off Facebook right now because Facebook is trying to up the percentage of profits that are supposed to roll back into Facebook. I think they're at like 30% of everything that Zanga makes off of the Facebook platform while Facebook wants them to roll back into them. Zanga's given them, as I understand it, three months to get this worked out. Or Zanga's just going to set up their own site like Pogo.com and start offering their own games. Hmm. What would happen then? Um, Um, Zanga will... Sorry, Dave? Let's be honest. Tail between their legs, come back. I mean, I, <laughs> and then not not to, not to really, but I don't shut down a revenue stream that makes me more than it costs, even if there's another one that can make you more. Let's say, you know, I, to use an example I, I use often, um, when I have clients who come and they want organic SEO, and great, they've got it, and they want to start shutting down their pay-per-click campaigns to start and save that money. Now, the question is, does your pay-per-click campaign make you money? If it does, you keep doing it. So if Facebook's still making the money more than it costs them, which it does, well, I don't care if you launch your own site. Your site isn't going to be as big as Facebook. Well, <laughs> so you're not going like to have Facebook, access to the same people. Zanga does it pulls. make you money? Yep. So I, I, don't, I don't see them leaving. Um, you know, unless they try and have like some sort of ethical, hey, we're we're in the right here, and we should all leave. In which case, it will probably be their downfall, and they'll know that. So I don't well, view that as as the big thing. But I mean, the threat in and of itself is 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 legitimate. I think more than people, you know, 
getting righteous and going, we're leaving and, and storming out the door, which I think won't work for most of them, and, and they know that, um, will be a disincentive for developers to continue moving forward. And I think that's where you would see a slow and steady decline in Facebook, right? Where, you know, if you try and leave now, does it make you money? Uh, okay, then, 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 you know, sit down, shut up, and, and, and cash your check. Kind of, I mean, not, not to be belittling of them, it's a legitimate argument, but that would be the mentality that Facebook would have is you're still making money, we know you're not leaving. Like, so, you know, so, but hey, will Dave, they develop Dave, a Dave, new Dave, application Dave, no, or will they go, Dave. screw it, we're building applications for the droid now, right, or something like that. That's, I think, where their big Facebook's big problem will be and where Zynga can come back and go, okay, that's fine, but we're not making what we should here. Fine, we'll keep those there because they're making us money and uh, that's all well and good, but everything else we do, we're building elsewhere, so... Uh-huh. Dave, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to leave it there for the time being. I'm getting the serious hairy eyeball from the studio, and this is being done like from 2,500 miles away. So you know it's a hairy eyeball. Uh, we gotta go to break, um, but I want to come back and talk a little bit about what I'm what I'm now calling the Facebook marketing trap, one that I think I've fallen into. It's terrifying. Um, friends, you're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, the 13th of May. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO and Jim Edger from Markland Media will be back in just a second after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today today at bruceclay.com my.afcon2010.com my.affcon2010.com your social media source for afcon2010 the trade show where affiliates always attend for free sign up today at my.afcon2010.com check out photos and videos from our past events plus check out our blog and discussion forums Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.afcon2010.com. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on Webmaster Radio. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm for Thursday, May the 13th, 2010. And uh, we're talking about Facebook, and um, I'm just about to get into the Facebook trap. And I, you know, I pulled a mail culpa. I pulled a mail culpa yeah, yeah. a, a few weeks ago on the air when I uh, had put up on Facebook that I was thinking about, about you know, pulling a Matt Cuts and canceling my Facebook account or deleting my Facebook uh, profile. And um, then I looked at my friends list. And it's not like I'd miss you all because, like, you know, I do know you all and I see you fairly frequently at conferences and stuff, but it's a very influential friends list. It's an amazingly influential friends list. It's a mind-popping friends <clears throat> list. And I can't spare that. I'm a marketer, damn it. I need that friends <laughs> list. You know what, I, I'm going to be honest. I actually, uh, it was a couple weeks ago, and you're one of the very, very few uh, who survived, and that's because you were a friend of mine uh, long before you were a business associate. But I have, and, and with no disrespect to, to any of them, uh, I've completely culled all business out of out of Facebook for exactly that purpose. That's what LinkedIn's for. That's what everything. But uh, I, I was saying to you, and then I was like, you know what? I, I'm I'm posting up personal stuff. My business contacts do not need to know I'm in Whistler or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so I just go through it. You wouldn't have known it because you you survived it because you know you were my friend years before. Um, you know, we were, we were, in, you know, doing business or, or radio shows or any of that, but, uh, um, but yeah, had to, had to be done. So I, I know the catch 22 you're in though. I was like, Ooh, but I might, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I just bit the bullet. Your list may be a little more, you may use yours differently. I, that's, that's for sure. Well, I've got, um, I think like most, um, social people who are using social media to market, I've got a, to be honest, I have a few Facebook accounts, I have several Twitter accounts, um, and these aren't sock puppets in any way, but they are useful to promoting different, and I'm including, I'm including group pages and business pages as, as accounts that I have. Um, I find them very, very useful for marketing clients. Um, for instance, I have a uh, large bed and bath online client. I am not going to name their name as I'm not allowed to. Um, and we're using uh, Facebook very effectively, more effectively by the day, um, and it is really driving traffic into their online showroom. Um, very, very pleased about the way it works out. You know, you get this this, this uh, Facebook slash uh, Twitter push, mm-hmm. push people push people from Twitter over to Facebook, push people from Facebook, well, move them around, and then move them into uh, the specific product that you're advertising, and oh my goodness, it works. And, uh, you know, I don't, a couple weeks ago we heard about Facebook trying to quote-unquote take over the web, become such an essential tool that everything flows through it, as I guess we could see information flowing through Google today. Right. Um, I'm dubious about that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that there's enough people, there's only 400, what, 450, 500 million Facebook users. That's about 10% of the estimated uh, internet population. So I'm not too concerned right now. 
No, you're right. I, I, I get why you're not concerned. Now, one thing I find interesting about that and that desire of theirs, and not to, I, mean, I, I may come across as if I'm saying, hey, and I, I'm a better business mind than the people at Facebook here. Uh, I, I'm certainly not. I'm sure they've they've got their finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. But we know statistically, yes, Google is is great. Yes, Google's is is gaining trust in shopping and and the and the shopping sites, you know, shopping dot com, et cetera, et cetera, you know, Amazon, whatever. Um, but the people still like their friends. You know, I, I know. You know, my my in laws were asking me, where did I get my TV? Because they saw, you know, I got a fifty two inch plasma. Do I prefer plasma or do I prefer, you know, LCD? You know, blah blah blah. And why did I make the decisions I did? So people still like that personal aspect. Now, Facebook can can properly grab that ability to to turn these connections into product and service decisions without being you know stupid, um, but turn those into decisions where I can ask, you know. Jim, you know, here's an SEO tool I'm thinking about buying. You know, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, you, I just contact. But if I could go, hey, here's all the people on my contact list who are SEOs. Let me ask them what they think of this of this tool. And then if Facebook can find a way to monetize that that question answer and become a shopping resource, I think they they won't become the destination that, that Google is. I mean, Google is Google is Google, and if if they ever became a, a threat to Google, Google would step in and go, okay, well, we're just you know whatever will buy you, or Microsoft will buy them first, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but if they can do that, I think that significantly enhances their value and their and their profitability. Um, I, I think it would be really difficult to do without becoming even more invasive and then, you know, starting to pester me because I don't want to get a thousand requests a day from people going, hey, what do you think about, hey, what do you think about, and then you'll have marketers going in going, I'm going to ask all my followers what they think about this new, you know, product that I launched, right, to everyone. But... You know, if they can come up with a proper way to do it, uh, I think that could be a, enormously beneficial to their to their bottom line. But um, we'll see. Maybe they have to pull like a Microsoft, start paying people to take those, you know, do those questions or, or you know, whatever. Well, you know, Facebook already has pulled a Yahoo in one sense. Remember when Yahoo took over Right Media and we were all agape going like, wow, you know, Yahoo is going to seriously clean up in the display space? <laughs> yeah. Turns out that Facebook served more display ads last month, last month being April, than uh, than Yahoo did. I saw and that. Yahoo's that's fantastic. Um, and here's why I think that's fantastic because I love Facebook ads. And here's why I love Facebook ads because they're the only ones I click on. <laughs> like they're the only paid ads I've ever clicked on. Um, and I know we were chatting just earlier, and this is when I was chatting with Brasco about uh, about uh, shoe money. Um, and I've got to give give credit where it's due. He's actually come up with the most brilliant of all the ads <laughs> that that I've ever that I think I've seen in a long time. I mean, there there may be ones I'm not seeing that are more brilliant, but of all the ads I've seen, um, his are the most brilliant because they bridge my interests and my 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 interests and my interests. And he seems to have created ads that bridge double interests. Anyway, he knows I like The Simpsons and he knows I like SEO, so feeds me Simpsons images with with SEO product. Anyways. Um, so that's the thing that I really like about Facebook is it enables that kind of people know I like Arrested Development, so the ad I'm seeing is Arrested Development. Why? Because I'm willing to tell them that. I mean, there's no other environment that is like that where I'm actually more or less honest, obeying privacy. I don't care if people know I like The Simpsons. I'll even say it on the radio. Um, you know, where, where they actually know exactly what I what I like, or at least what I'm willing to tell them. So they know all my favorite shows. They know what I do for a living. They know, you know, I mean, all of this sort of stuff. So these ads are, are, are great, 
greatly tailored to me. And then from a marketer standpoint, I mean, I've, I've run Facebook campaigns, and they're, they're fantastic. Low, low click-through rate compared to, say, AdWords, uh, but the cost per click is much lower, and, and you can have some, some really, really decent conversions. Um, anyway, sorry, you, I, I went off on a, on a tangent there, something I really like about Facebook. I think you wanted to head through on a rant. <laughs> well, no, geez, you know, it's about time somebody, you know, in this show, somebody said something nice about something like Facebook. Hell, <laughs> that's, uh, no, hell, I, I welcome nice stuff said about them. If they've earned it, they get it. Um, and, you know, Facebook has certainly earned, I, I agree with you there. Um, you get a higher quality conversion on a Facebook click um, just because people tend to trust the recommendation of their friends. Even if they do, and I get ads that I actually care about. That's the thing that I I, lo- I love the most. Google's kind of tried to do it, but with Facebook, I can get ads for stuff I'm not even looking for, but that I still like. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Is it almost is it, is it almost a pleasant distraction? Some of the advertisements because they're related to you know, Arrested Development, or they're related to, you know, The Simpsons. But it's an SEO thing, so it's on my tangent that I was already thinking about. But you've entertained me briefly. Like, it, it, it's their advertising, it, the opportunities for advertising there. And I'm referring to myself as a person being advertised to, and I enjoy it. So that's the kind of environment they're creating is where I actually like the ads. I mean, when, when they're done creatively. I mean, sure, there's crap ads everywhere, but when they're done creatively... They, they grab my attention when they're not done creatively. I pretty much don't notice them. I only notice the ones that, like, oh, it's got a picture of Homer Simpson or, oh, it's got, you know, Job from Arrested Development or whatnot. You know, it's, it's got something that's my interest, so it catches my eye. The rest of them just blend. So it's, I, I, I you know, I, I, I'll, I'll stop now, but I really like Facebook for advertising. I, I think it's, it's, it's fantastic, and that's just as a user. If Facebook were, like, a Simpsons character, I was just thinking this as you were talking, like, who would they be? And I'm I'm thinking a mixture of the comic book guy and Marge Crabapple. <laughs> oh no, this is the teacher. Okay, the teacher's I was thinking name. comic book and Mr. Burns, but fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Facebook isn't Mr. Burns. Mark Zuckerberg is Mr. Burns, <laughs> or at least he wants to be. And everyone around him is like one big ass ass sniffing Smithers. So who's Smithers? Everybody around Zuckerberg. I mean, look at the stupid <laughs> decisions they're making vis-a-vis privacy. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Let's move on to our other favorite, our other favorite punching bag, whom we admire and love deeply, Google. Yes. Um, well, I mean, what, what do you can think you say about Google? They, I've got to give them credit. I mean, just just fantastic credit. And I mean, they've gained market share again this month. I mean, they were losing a little bit, um, and now they're gaining it back. I mean, they've had, I mean, we've had hacks from China. We've had, I mean, there's been huge, and these, these are the privacy concerns that, that really frighten me, are, are some of the ones. And I mean, fair enough. Google's huge. That's just that. Um, and so they're a target. Like, that's just, I mean, you know that. I know that. The biggest are going to be the targets. That's, that's uh-huh. just kind of the way, the way things go. Um, but, you know, we get these, these things like hacks, and, and I mean, Google's had its own privacy concerns. And yet... Where do I go when I'm looking for something? Google. <laughs> and here's the ironic part, and I think to you too, is I've tried other, other engines. I've, I've even touted that I like Bing, and I find it useful for, for certain, you know, certain things. My homepage is still Google, even though I, find <laughs> even though I know that there's other choices that in some oh. cases are as good or better, but I still Google the default. Here's a uh, and question even though for there's you. privacy is concerns... Dave, is your homepage yeah. Google or iGoogle? Uh, you know, on my homepage is just just Google. 
I know it should be iGoogle. No, it shouldn't be iGoogle. But uh, it's just Google, and that has more to do with I've got a, you know, I basically I have it, you know, giving me GLUS, uh, Americanized results. I, I may be more prone to use something like iGoogle if I was in the living in the States, where the default search would be U.S.-based. Um, when I do my default search, I get Canadian-based results, which I don't want. I want U.S.-based results because that's where my clients are. So um, I have to go just straight with, with a search pre-filled on, uh, on Google, um, on Google.com, GL equals U.S. Um, for, for those who don't know, that just makes me get American results, if you don't know what the GL equals U.S. Um, happens to stand for. Um, to go through pretty much unscathed I mean I know we we just did a blog post here um, just quite recently it was it was a catch from uh, from Jonathan here who happened to be getting a gmail invite answered it from the wrong email basically he got the invite got the link answered it incorrectly like linked it incorrectly and it still worked so basically he wasn't checking from the email that he told them he was coming from. Okay. And and it's still okay. Like basically going anybody who can intercept your password renewal request, anybody who can grab that en route can can now have access to your to your account. Uh, to your Google Docs account or your Gmail accounts. Like this is a I mean we've we've blogged and, and we actually sent them an email and said, Hey, here's here's a problem. Um I don't know if they've they've patched it up yet, but these are, I mean, this is, I'm sure you can, you can imagine, this is a fairly significant privacy concern. I mean, if I can just send snippers, and we all know how easy that is to do, especially if you're like an ISP or something, and sniff for like a Google Docs, you know, password uh, renewal or password uh, reminder or something like that, sniff that through, click through, uh, I can click the accepted, even though it's coming through, you know, I didn't actually receive it out that email. That's a, that's a pretty big problem. Um, especially um, if I'm, you know, checking really for, you know, uh, I know the one for, you know, micro. Well, I guess not Microsoft. Bad example, but you know, into 3M or into, you know, uh, I mean, you know, D-Link or whatever. Just naming big companies. Um, this could be a pretty big concern. You seen that happen more than once? Uh, well, we can repeat it. I mean, it was something that we we just it happened and we went, oh, oh, you can do that. <laughs> um, and, and, and we just, I mean, it was just an accident on, on John's part. And, and I mean, we've, we've got a big blog post. It's, it's from just a couple weeks ago. If you go to the, the Beanstalk blog, you can see it from the 5th the and, and read all the details about it. Um, but basically, yeah, it was, it was a repeatable thing. Um, and, yeah, it was just we didn't actually need to get it where it was, where it was destined to go. We could just intercept it anywhere and, uh, and, 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 and accept it. So go read the post. You know what, I'll... I'll plaster it into the into the chat forums and, and anybody could read the details. Um, but it was obviously a, a pretty big concern because if somebody can just intercept your password requests or your, you know, activation um, midstream, that's that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> right? So um, but at the same time we have to and I'm sure I'm sure you can too, we have to appreciate that these things, if we want to live in the world that we're living in um, that we have to accept these things will happen. I mean, I'm, and, and so are you, I'm sure, I'm more paranoid than most, um, you know, ab about my data, like just, just personally. Um, my general philosophy is if you, if you don't want Google to know it, and if you don't want other people, you know, I count if Google knows that other people can know it. Google can hack, people can access my Google Docs. If you don't want people to know stuff, don't. 
all, all of our confidential stuff is kept on a server. It's internal. It's behind firewalls. Our office has it, right? Like that's that's where we keep that kind of data. Um, so I think you know we need to appreciate that even if Google, even if like not these hiccups, and in something the size, an organization the size of Google, this sort of crap is going to happen. And you let them know, and I mean they've been they've, they've generally, and you know this, so do I. They've oh, generally they're reacted quite well. Yeah, they're, um, they're, and, they're and quickly to, uh, to these and, concerns, um, but. Dave, again, yeah. we got to step aside for a second because there's something that our audience needs to know. We're they need to know that. We'll be right back after these commercial messages here on WebCology, here on WebMasterRadio.fm. <laughs> Stay tuned, friends. Sit tight and don't move. WebCology. We'll be back after this short break. XYZ in the affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the click in the cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even come quick state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to webmasterradio.fm, and I have a concerning thing to report. I just noticed this. As we were in the break, eh? I uh, just opened a proposal that I'd sent down to a, a company that um, I'm going to be doing, I'm hoping to be doing some consulting work for, mm-hmm. and uh, I checked my email address. I've, I've, I've got a Gmail address that I'm using uh, for business purposes, Yeah. and it's jim.hedger at gmail.com. 
And okay. so I prepared this really cool proposal. I mean, it's it's five pages long. I got it Adobe Acrobat. It's amazingly detailed. And I just ran my mouse over top of the uh, email address. Yeah. And it truncated the Jim Dot part. It just reads, um, like the email, on paper it reads jim.hedger at gmail.com, or I guess in the PDF document. But in converting it to an active link, they truncated everything, the J-I-M dot, assuming the dot was a period. So it just says hedger at gmail.com. Oh, no. That was the best time sound effect ever. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Now, luckily, we've been communicating since the proposal. So uh, this hasn't been a problem. But something worth noting, friends, um, if, you're, if you have a dot in your email address and you're sending out something via PDF, um, double-check it. I wish I had. Yeah, but that's... That's valuable advice. Um, Trust me, it's going to be a valuable contract. I'm really pleased about this. But (laughs) I digress. That's actually why I was looking at it, because I wanted to put a big smile on my face, because I went down to the bottom where we had the the figures and stuff. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I love independent work. Google, Google, Google. We were talking about Google, weren't we? We we were. Um, You know, you and I, and I, I think the entire... Uh, the entire world at large um, does like giving Google, um, you know, a, a little ribbing, and, and we all have to, right? I mean, they're they're just so huge that we have to just kind of beat up on them. Remember when Microsoft was like the big thing, you know, in the court, in and out of court all the time, and so all we did was beat up on them. Interestingly well, like and, and almost ironically, really? now they're you know, quote unquote, the the little guy because we're internet marketers, and yet at the same time they're they're you know still much larger. By dollars in, in you know in assets um, than Google is, but um, well, you know, hey, you know what? I got something I got to mention. I mention Microsoft. Good at responding. I gotta I gotta quickly get something in here, Dave. Now that uh, yeah. now that you mentioned Microsoft, yeah. One of the problems you mentioned earlier about uh, a concern with Google is the pri- the privacy concern is so much of Google's data is in the clouds, like your Gmail, your Google Docs, etc. Right? Yeah. But cloud computing is, you know, seen as a route to opening up the mobile world, um, allowing mobile devices to become very useful computing devices. And so mobile's the way we're, our cloud computing is the way we're going, like it or lump it. And in recognition of this, Microsoft is going to be making an office suite available online. I am, it's called Docs, and I think that's just so cool. I do too. About that. And yet, <laughs> um, well, it's, down to it's my all about the handheld device and the just no Microsoft going to do with my data? I, I don't. They have my operating system. If they want to screw me over, they'll screw me over. But um, the the big concern, of course, is anything that is not sitting behind my firewalls. I mean, my firewalls are, are you know sort of. You know, everything's insecure. I'm sure Microsoft has better security systems. They got a lot of people going in there. I don't have a lot of people trying to hack into, you know, past our firewalls and stuff here. Most people don't even know where we are. Well, you know, okay, everybody, go down. Um, But I do get concerned is, you know, I wouldn't put anything in Google Docs or Microsoft. I wouldn't put anything in the cloud that I wouldn't be willing to send in an email. And if we start getting people putting confidence, people will email me their credit card information. I mean, that's it. I'm not going to misuse it, but it's email. It's not secure, right? And if we start putting stuff into these into the clouds that is not secure, we are asking for trouble. 
And you know, Microsoft will say, hey, we're ultra-secure. Google say, hey, we're ultra-secure. It only takes one violation, <laughs> like one time, one person who's more brilliant than their security to get through to just cause absolute chaos. Um, that, that, so, that, is, that is true, although I, I really want to reiterate, the attack on Google from the, chi- from the Chinese hackers who are thought to be tied to the Chinese government, yep. they didn't actually get the body text of the emails. They got the subject lines and the recipients, the, the send to. My concern coming from that isn't what did they get in that case, because you're, you're right. I mean, that was, yes, it's a violation of privacy. And you, I mean, maybe if you looked at oh, every a, single one of them, you could oh, yeah. kind of see some, some bad things. But not as bad, but it certainly told me, okay, we've got a problem. Like, the, there is a threat here. Now, will yeah. I keep using Google Docs? Sure, great way to share some information with, with people around. Would I put anything in there that's that's absolutely classified? I, I would be very hesitant to. I mean, there's, you know, I guess maybe there's a couple cases where you might, but um, I, I think it could cause a lot of problems. If you if you started putting, you know, I could see people putting stupid information in there um, that's going to end up um, causing the problems, let alone getting into the fact that where are these servers located and what does Homeland Security have in place? I mean, not to go to go that side, but there's another privacy concern that we haven't brought up, is if you're putting this in the clouds, they're on, the servers are on U.S. soil, that data can be seized. It just can. Well, I mean, the right? same can be said for every almost every email sent um, in, or out of, in, in or out of the states. All of that, in, I mean, indeed. like any communication across American borders is monitored. That's just indeed. the way it is. Indeed. And I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of people just view email as generally insecure. Like, I think it's been, it's an old enough technology that we all kind of know. You know, we know oh, I am or are not, you know, particularly. Dude, I most, most about, of you know, our I listeners, not secure. Dave. <laughs> I, I, most people know it. Not all, but most, I think, have a, have a better understanding of that. But uh, uh, I, I would warrant yeah. that the majority of our listeners don't know how heavily monitored they are. And it's um, it, it frightens me. I think it's 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 a very important thing. People should know this stuff because, um, well, I grew up living in fear of the Soviet Union, a legitimate fear, incidentally, because those guys played hardball with their citizens. They mm-hmm. didn't give their citizens a quarter, much less a ruble. Right. Um, and I don't like seeing that happening here. It frightens me. No, and I mean the it, the funny thing is, and I'm sure you've encountered it too, is. I know that if I send an email and it goes to, like, one of my clients, Martin, over in the U.K., it's probably gone via Seattle. Of course it has. <laughs> right? So down it goes, scanned it is, and off. Off it has. So even if I'm in Canada sending an email um, off to somebody in the U.K. Or, or, heck, even to a lot of parts of Canada, it's going to root down, be scanned, and, and go back. I could probably send you one and have it scanned. I know. Um, it, you know, I mean, it's not going to show up. There's not going to be anything in it that, you know, is going to trigger anything, but... You know, unless they're really interested in SEO or whatever. <laughs> I think they've got more, more things on their mind. But anyway, obviously just another layer of privacy concern gets dumped onto the, into the mix there. We should do a whole show on privacy. Um, I've, I've uh, recently um, met the Ontario Privacy and interviewed the Ontario Privacy Commissioner. I'm working on the Canadian Privacy Commissioner. And I'd like to, you know, you know um, get privacy commissioners from uh, the UK and Spain on the show as well. They've had quite a bit to say about both Google and Facebook, um, uh, Canada, UK, and Spain, and I think that would make an interesting show. I think that would be a great show. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I guess our listeners can, can stay tuned because 
as soon as you and I get kind of the inclination to go, hey, that'd be a cool show, it's it's going to happen. So we'll see which one we get on next. <laughs> well, yeah, my my guess is, like, certainly we can get the Ontario Privacy Commissioner on again. I really want Jennifer Stoddard, the Canadian Privacy Commissioner. She's um, she's pretty much leading the international group um, looking at Facebook private, uh, privacy policies. And, oh, oh, okay. Getting that message. Getting that sign from Florida. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. All the smart-ass remarks I have are around environment or politics. I don't want to use either of them because I feel terrible about both. Um, so I'm not going to make any smart-ass remarks. I'm just going to have to say that we're being told that the hour is up. Yeah. Yep, it happened. Anyway. I told you. We'd still run out of time. I know. It happens all the time. Okay. Friends, uh, next week's Webcology will be live. Um... This was a fun webcology. Thanks, Dave. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Markland Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Remember, you can hear Webcology live here almost every Thursday at 2 p.m., or you can get podcasts from the Webmaster Radio archives or the archives of our friends over at iTunes and other fine podcasting outlets. Stay tuned for more great Webmaster Radio, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>